You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. And you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nod of the Scribe. Have the Pacer game to talk about tonight that the Charlotte Hornets will be playing the second time that they will be playing Indiana in the last three days. So we'll discuss that. Also, Milwaukee tomorrow. So a couple of games back to back. Good news is that you are going to be playing most of these games at home. So hopefully that will help them out in what is going to be a daunting schedule. Nada, we can talk about the schedule going forward too later on in the show. The third segment, we'll talk a couple of topics that have been circulating on Twitter and some fun topics at that. But I do want to talk about the stock market in the first segment. I teased it a lot yesterday without actually getting to it. Surprise. We promised or we teased something that we didn't get to. That's a real shocker here on the Locked on Hornets podcast. <laughs> but we over, we but I do want to get to it. We way over promised this time. It's a real problem. It might be our number one problem. Yeah, here. Yes, it uh, is. Don't don't tweet at us what our number one problem is. I, I'm not. I'm not. I will block you to take if, all that. I, Again, I'm not even <laughs> kidding. I will block you. You tell us our number one. Problem. I'm not. I'm not mentally secure. I'm not, I've got too many insecurities. Don't pick on me, please. Um, let's talk. And I say that as I dive into a territory that's going to be tough to discuss. Yeah. Now, to this story with the stock market has been fascinating how the Melvin Capital hedge fund company has just been getting destroyed from the rise of Reddit users that have bought a ton of game uh, GameStop stock. And now they're moving on to other things that have uh, been not successful businesses. So the way that this is interesting with the Charlotte Hornets, as I mentioned yesterday, and you may have seen, it's the fact that in 2019, September of 2019, Daniel Sundheim and Gabe Plotkin bought a minority stake with the Charlotte Hornets from Michael Jordan. Gabe Plotkin is the name to note here because he is the head of Melvin Capital, that hedge fund company that is getting destroyed right now. And this is hard to know how much it affects the Charlotte Hornets because there are not misleading numbers, but numbers that people don't know about or can't agree upon as far as, one, what the stake yes. is that the two hedge fund guys that bought a minority stake from the Hornets is. We don't know if that's 10 for sure. We don't know if that's 20 for sure. We don't know if it's 30, whatever it is. But there are reports out there. We can go to our new teammate, Crib. Yes, now, exactly. Nick Carboni of WCNC and Tegna. He says, uh, he puts this tweet out. Yes, Hornets minority owner Gabe Plotkin runs the hedge fund being crushed. Smarter people than me can tell me how much a very rich man needs to lose to have to sell his share in the team. But I was told in 2019, MJ was still, quote, by far, end quote, majority owner. There also are, I've seen a couple of things out there that the stake that they did buy in the team was valued at 20%. So I don't know how true that is or not. I've just seen that people have referenced a Forbes article to that, but I haven't seen it. So I don't know for sure. So I don't know if there is a 100% agreement or even if there's a universal agreement on the amount of the stake that these two hedge fund guys have with the Charlotte Hornets. Um, the info and the numbers aren't trans 
uh, aren't transparent really in any way of life with these hedge yeah. fund guys. So, you know, even even when you talk about how they operate business, you don't know exactly what the numbers are with these hedge fund guys. They make money betting on businesses to fail. So they're profiting off of your blood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so w w when you stay alive, right, they melt like vampires in the light, hating you for just living. They want to profit off of your blood. And that's how these hedge fund guys are, which you can imagine it's to why the everyman hates these guys and are here for the revolution, at least for a couple of days taking place in the stock market. Tom Haberstroh has been on this story too. He's of true hoop right now. He's been all over the place. He's been with Bleacher Report. Also before that, ESP he appeared on the Levitard show today and he wrote a story on true hoop and he was saying Michael Jordan's statement was kind of interesting when he did sell that stake to these guys and, and in that statement Nada, the thing he found most interesting was the fact that he said Plotkin and Sunheim are both committed to keeping the Hornets and the Carolinas which kind of led him to the point of speculation saying you could say that the only reason that's relevant is if they would have enough stake in the company to actually dictate whether they play in the Carolinas or not. Look, I ultimately think that this is not going to be a big enough deal to really affect the Hornets. The biggest question that we talked about off wax, as you like to say, the biggest question that we had was, does Michael Jordan have any business with Melvin Capital? Meaning, did he invest any money in Melvin yeah. Capital? And is there a portion of him that's getting crushed? And if that's the case, then we can talk about something seriously happening. But right now, Nada, I don't think that there is going to be a significant effect with the Charlotte Hornets because of what's happening with Gabe. You know, Black. I hope there's not a significant effect. There shouldn't, there shouldn't be a single Hornets fan that thinks that this is a good thing. Granted, I was worried when they started pointing this out. I want to say Monday, I, I get, when the GameStop thing happened, the day after, there was a, someone from the Charlotte Sports Business Journal that pointed out that Plotkin owned a decent portion of the Hornets. Granted, like you said, there's no real details of who owns what, how much they own, but it comes down, like literally, like, it's like you said earlier, we don't know how much they own, we don't know how much, if at all, Michael invested. Unless Michael invested in any of this, this doesn't hurt them. This doesn't hurt him. This doesn't hurt the team. This doesn't hurt anybody. And more importantly at this point, unless Michael invested all of it, and I do mean all of it, the NBA has set up these protections and these credit lines for $300 million. So it's not like these teams are using this credit line. These teams are probably using the credit line as is anyway, but it's any it's basically to shield them from having to spend out their own money and protecting that anything they get in this year is going to be profit. And therefore, like I I don't want to call this a non-story because it is probably the most interesting story in the country in terms of financial news and finding out that, hey, this system is rigged. But at the same time, I'm not gonna be one of those people that says, hey, oh my God, the sky is falling. We're gonna end up losing this team because at this point, for right now, it's a non-story unless there's something well, else. And then, you, and then you discuss just Michael Jordan's finances all to his own w without knowing if there's any investment in Melvin Capital. 
But Michael Jordan has been wildly successful, even with making money off of this Charlotte Hornets team. You know, it's not too long ago when yeah. we were referencing Forbes articles that were very thorough about the kind of money that he was making with the Charlotte Hornets. You know, he buys the Hornets for $280 million, which isn't probably quite accurate because you're talking about future operating costs that also puts you into debt. And so... Yeah. And the debt. So, and the debt. Remember, correct. You bought correct. The debt correct. So, you know, it wasn't exactly at 280, but you still are making a really nice profit off of this. And you continued to make profit off of this to the point where they were valued at $1.5 billion when the news of that sale broke to Plotkin and Sundheim. So I don't know how I don't even think Michael has been somebody that's been seriously destroyed, you know, as even business has yep. gone on anyway. And I, you know, I, if I was better at researching this aspect of it, as it just kind of pops up in my mind, even with the last dance, Michael Jordan was going to make three to $4 million, but he donated that to charity, I believe. But even with him not making a penny purely off of the last dance, the stock went up for Jordan brand because everybody was buying Jordan merchandise left and right. I raised my hand high. <laughs> so like yeah. even that was something that certainly helped keep Michael in the spotlight to obviously make money off of it as people criticized it for being a propaganda piece. Michael is a very successful business dude as it stands now. And I don't know. And this was according to, you know, this was all the way back in February when you can start to see some of these numbers, unless I'm missing something wildly here that's happened it, besides the pandemic, obviously, right? Like I get the pandemic has hurt a ton of people. Um, but as you mentioned, there are some protections a little bit. I know the NBA is going to lose some money here. So maybe it just affects every owner. I, I, I think what's happening here, though, is that people might just be kind of raising an eyebrow as to how it affects the Hornets staying in Charlotte. Just, you know, what kind of, you know, what kind of cash saving move that they would might might want to make that affects basketball operations. I don't know. Um, but that's kind of where we are right now. So now that is absolutely where we are right now. And the other thing is. Do you know how I know this is probably going to end up being a How's non-story? That? Because if because we if there was any chance that Jordan did was in financial straits, he could always sell portions of his Jordan stock. Just remember that part. Remember, he owns the partnership with Jordan Brand is a partnership. He could sell portions of that off for billions of dollars, not for billions, not billions, but a decent portion <laughs> a lot of, money. of hundreds. Yeah, it's a lot of money. A lot of money. Enough to buy, a again, enough to put half on another franchise. That's how good this is. We haven't heard anything about the Bubba Wallace racing team and yeah, having to do about any that. cutbacks. Because if that's the case, if there was something to worry about, We'd have heard about it by now, even though it's only two, three days into this. This is why I don't think it's that big of a story right now. Mm -hmm. For right now. I I don't know what to tell you to do when betting on the stock market because I don't want to waste your money by telling you to bet on some of these trendy stocks that might die and then lose all your money as you just decided to get in on the revolution. I will tell you this. If you're interested in betting on sports, that's your call. I will tell you where to go, though. You can go to betonline.ag because that's the only place that we trust and it's the only place that... 
uh, we know has you covered. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag, and you can use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. So you don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore. You can get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online. It's your online sportsbook experts. Let's, let's actually talk about the product on the floor. The Charlotte Hornets, they play tonight the second time. They'll play the Indiana Pacers this season. We talk about that coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. So if you don't believe in the moon landing, mm-hmm. then what would you say is the greatest human achievement? I think the greatest achievement of all time, and I think it's Vince Carter doing 360s clockwise it's rather really than counterclockwise. It's really tough. i it. It's really tough. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. It's Peter Bukowski hosting Locked On Today, which is a daily pod breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. You can start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast. Not I know that you came across some interesting stats from Devontae Graham today as some of the real box plus minus numbers were revealed where you could see who the best players in the NBA according to that category are and you came across an interesting name that just so happens to play for the Charlotte Hornets. Now I don't want you to tell us more. So I go through this real plus minus thing and I'm, I'm, I'm looking because it's the first real release of it because you're at that 15 to 17 game mark and I'm going through the names. First, you see Rudy Gobert. Makes sense because he's just dynamically defensively. Daniel Gafford is a kind of a, 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 again, Daniel Gafford, probably an anomaly. Then you get Clint Capella. You have names like John Collins, Jakob Potl, Miles Turner, who we're going to see tonight. Al Horford's in there. But mind you, here's my surprise. I see a name at number 10, Devontae Graham. Uh, Walker, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't the narrative on Devontae Graham that he was having this utterly poor season? And again, if again, there were articles being written, like if you want to salvage the season, you need to start LaMelo Ball now. Well, again, this doesn't fit the narrative. What happened here? Um are are you are you coming at me because I feel like I am partially at least I don't know, responsible, Uh but I partook in some of that discussion. Um, Sir. And this stat would certainly go against that. Sir, if I was looking for the smoke Mm -hmm. with you, I think you know (laughs) I would come directly for you. But there are people Um, that, again, people in prominent writing positions, there are people on the internet, and granted, I let too much of the internet bug me. I understand this. I understand this is a personal defect of mine. But at the same time, if we're going to be out here writing all this fooly wang, and yes, I'm using fooly wang, but we are going to, if you're going to be out here writing all this fooly wang, and then the numbers don't necessarily support your bad take, then I'm going to criticize you. So therefore, Mm -hmm. at this point, the fact that Devontae Graham is number 10 in real pep plus minus means that, you know what, maybe, just maybe, James Brago knows what he's doing just a little bit. And just to relax it and yeah. throttle it back and stay, save yourself from the Mount Rushmore of bad Hornets takes. Coming soon, folks. <laughs> That's what you want to do at some point. So maybe this is going to appear. Maybe you can start to carve this into the mountain of your particular Mount Rushmore. No, I mean, Devontae Graham being in the top 25 here, we have seen the ratings of Devontae Graham 
be really good all season long. It's been the shooting that has been really bad. And yet, Nada, I'll tell you this, even with the defensive box plus minus and the defensive numbers looking good for Devontae Graham individually, there's not necessarily a good stat that can truly measure defense. If you rank really highly in a bunch of different defensive stats, then clearly you can start to put all those together and try to warrant what your opinion is on that guy defensively based on there's a decent amount of stats that say he's good. But Devontae is getting some decent defensive stats and I watch him and I don't think that it certainly warrants him being a top 30 guy. No, no, <laughs> I mean, exactly. Now I know this is real box. I know this is real box plus minus, but even like the defensive numbers have been good and I don't watch him and think, yep, that guy is awesome on the defensive floor. And it's only been his shooting that has made me want to go to LaMelo ball in the starting lineup. Now I will fully admit as LaMelo ball has struggled a little bit here and more, you kind of have to be happy that LaMelo ball is, is getting starter minutes, even though he only played 22 against Indiana. You know, I, I said I would have liked to have seen him play more, but it's not like I'm going to kill Borrego for that as much as I was unhappy with some other things. Um, but Devante, he's shooting at a better clip. He's still got the assist numbers. He, for the most part, is not turning the ball over a ton. And so, you know, Devante's actually kind of righted the ship. I don't know if he's done so overwhelmingly by any stretch, but as you look, there, there are some stats that are certainly in favor of him. I'm just telling you, this is one of those times, Nada, that my eyes don't necessarily tell me what the stats are telling me. In no, and regard. you're right about this. And this is why this is the noisy part of box plus minus. And this is why, like, if you wanted to kind of dispute this, you have Daniel Gafford sitting right there at number two. And you know I like Gafford. You know I do. Yeah, exactly. We <laughs> all like Gafford. We want we want Gafford on this team right now because it would change some of the d- dynamics of it. Gafford sitting there at number two in defensive real plus minus. That that's that alone, like literally, that alone tells you something. Terry being a top again, we talk about other guys on real plus minus. Terry being number 32 overall, that's like a noisy stat. Like, I understand everybody has issues with real plus minus and it being a noisy stat and it being a contextless stat. I understand that. But maybe just maybe the thing the thing I guess I'm taking away from this is that we need to possibly reevaluate our assessments of who needs to start, who needs to play, who needs to do what right now. And I guess that's my issue with this is. Maybe we need to do a lot less talking and a lot more listening and mm. watching here. Wow. Spoken like radical a, idea, you know, spoken like a true teacher. Did you just ream out the class, the fourth grade class that you're talking to? Is that what just happened? Well, again, I have a ton of practice. My girlfriend's a teacher, for God's <laughs> sakes. <laughs> I feel like you're going to tell me at the end of this podcast that the bell does not dismiss me, that you dismiss me. I feel like I'm going to hear that at some point from you, Nada, and uh, um, it wouldn't be the first time that you would read me out by any stretch of the no, imagination. No, it won't be the last either. No, I'm sure. I'm sure. I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar because they're so amazing. I like to tell you guys about the flavor that I have each day. I get home from the station and I immediately go to the cabinet in my pantry. And then I like to go to the Built Bar box that comes with literally every single bar is a different flavor. The one I had today, it was Apple Almond Crisp. And I usually don't love Apple So I was kind of saving that one for when I just was like, all right, I'll just deal with it this time. 
I want another box of just the Apple Almond Crisp. They're fantastic. It's one of the six new flavors that you can get from Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, and Nada, you already know, I ate that Cherry Barcia. That's gone. That was We are the Barcia boys. <laughs> we, that was immediately gone as soon as I ate that. The reason I love them so much is not only do they taste so good, they're also very healthy for you. They're 100% covered in chocolate. You wouldn't think that they're healthy, but they are great for the health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain your weight while indulging in that delicious treat because they've got a ton of grams of protein, and they range in calories from anywhere of 130 to about 180 or so. You don't have to feel guilty when you eat them, and you get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last when you visit BuiltBar.com. Go there now and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. We have one more segment to go. We kind of talk about the game a little bit more tonight. I teased that in the first segment, but I lied. Shocker. We do that next and maybe have some fun on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. But what he showed in Summer League, comma, a Euro step into a windmill during a game, end of comma, oh, could yeah. put him on the radar of a radar, excuse <laughs> a me, radar. Of all NBA. Yeah, on the radar. On the radar <laughs> of all NBA fans as a nightly highlight producer. Yeah, you're Charlotte, you're Charlotte coming out there. Yeah, I'm from I'm from Catawba uh, County. Get so, them on the Raider. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Go behind the scenes of the game you love and get all sides of the story with the Rejecting the Screen podcast. Each week, Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko get personal while interviewing players, coaches, media members, all the people who make the NBA happen. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcast. Before we get to a couple of the fun topics that we have at the end of today's show, Nada, we do need to talk about this game against the Pacers tonight. Um, I think if you were to say, Walker, what is your number one question that you want to have answered tonight? I think we can all guess what it's going to be for me. And it's going to be how many minutes does Malik Monk get shocked, right? That's your number uh, one question, Walker. That of everything uh, you saw Wednesday night. Yeah, that's your number one question. I, I am more disappointed in you in this segment than I was the previous segment. And I wasn't very disappointed. So you managed <laughs> to top that bar. I, Congratulations, Walker. I want Congratulations. To know. I want to know because he's told us, you know, that Malik Monk is somebody that's doing the right things. There's just, you know, playing time for other guys right now. And he played well. He played well in this first game against the Pacers. And I want to know if he makes some bad turnover, if he's going to get immediately brought to the bench, never to see the light of day for the next couple of weeks. And then we do this thing all over again. Is he going to pull another Abe Simpson? That's what I want to know. I also want to see if Gordon Hayward has a better game. And I also want to see if we're going to allow Doug McDermott to back cut all night on us for 16 points. Like again, that's the big thing is who's who's gonna kill you in this game because now you've had enough time to look at the film to understand that Doug McDermott under no circumstances should be scoring 16 points in one quarter on you. There shouldn't be that. Now again, it's okay if old friend Jeremy Lamb does it to an extent. It's okay if Malcolm Brogdon does that to you to an extent. If Turner does it to you, eh? I understand. That's the game. Same thing with Sabonis. There are guys that you just cannot let. Again, this is where we talk. Again, Terry Rozier, you want to talk about defensive pride? Show it here. You can't let D- Doug McDermott do that. You want to talk about pride, Miles Bridges? Stick your foot in the ground and guard somebody? You can't let Doug McDermott do that. Mm-hmm. That is the number one thing for me today is that you can't let these ancillary role players just go off. If you do, you lose and you lose in an embarrassing fashion. But the problem is, I don't expect much tonight. Yeah. I think. 
I think Bjorkren's going to know how to better defend this team. I think the bench is going to have to work a little bit harder to score this this game. I, I, like, I don't like this matchup. And my my only hope for this is that they do not embarrass themselves. They do not get mangled and embarrassed either tonight or tomorrow night against Milwaukee because I think there's a high chance one of these games is an utter laugher. And I'm, I put my money on Saturday, but Friday could be a laugher too. Uh, you look at the injury report heading into this game. No Hornets listed on the injury report, which is always good news to have your guys healthy. The only player that is worthy of mentioning here, because Karis Levert's going to be out for a while, of course, with the remarkable story that the physical that he took because of the trade um, that actually found a mass on his kidney that turned out to be cancerous. And so a remarkable story. Glad that we were able to find that and hope he's on the mend and hope he's on the mend. Well, he's not going to be playing. TJ Warren is out with that foot injury. So you dodge TJ Warren for a couple of games this season, which is huge because he destroyed yes. you um, in three of the four games that you played last season. Not, I know you came across something that, I mean, if you're a hip hop fan, then you know that you have to put this when you talk about Mount Rushmore. Nada, is there any question that Annie Up deserves to be on the Mount Rushmore of top four songs that get you as hyped as possible? I would put it this way. If you hear Anti Up by MOP and you do not want to rob somebody, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. You have no pulse because that song will make you want to. There's that. And then there's the remix on the Funkmaster Flex album. Oh, like, yeah. we, again, we could have an entire podcast and we may dedicate an entire podcast this summer when we finally get a break and go to two, three shows a week. We may have an entire discourse on how the Hornets and MOPs Annie Up are in the same category. I don't know how we're going to put it together, mm -hmm. but there is a nice little article, Passion of the Weiss. Again, Passion Weiss is probably one of my favorite hip hop writers out in California. They happen to have gotten to talk to Billy Dan's of MOP fame. And they get to talk, they get the oral history of like of Annie Up. And the crazy part is Billy Dan's of M M MOP says there are better songs on the album than than Anti Up, to which I do agree with them. Welcome to Welcome to Brownsville is fire. That entire album, War MOP Warriors, like that was a great album. I'm surprised that more people were not robbed and killed to that album than we <laughs> like. I'm legitimately surprised, Walker. I'm, You're shocked. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. Um, I am. Yeah, but I and, and I want to have that conversation too. We need to put a little bit more brain power behind all of the songs that would be on the Mount Rushmore of the songs that get you the most hype because Annie Up is going to be that. I don't know. Maybe I don't know what it says about me. I don't know if I want to rob anybody when listening to that. I do want to just go crazy. I, I want to yeah. take I want to take my shirt off. I want to run through a brick wall. I want to party as soon as I hear Annie Up. That's the kind of reaction that I have to it. As you should. Like, as you should, like, when you start thinking about stuff like this, like, these are the type of things where, like, like, Annie Up is one of those where were you moments. That's like, <laughs> is it really? Is it one of those? No, like, when, where were you when you first heard the song? Like, I can remember where I was when I first heard that song. Mm -hmm. Like, Annie Up is that important to, like, it was 2000 <laughs> and I was listening to Hot 97 and Funk Master Flex. And I just remember oh that bomb drop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can. Remember. I was a high school senior when it came out. Um, That's how old I am. 
Yeah, man. When you're a high school senior, I don't even know. I would have been too young. I would have, if I would have been listening to Annie up when it first came out, then I would have been smacked across my face. I would have been in trouble. Dang, had I been thanks, listening Walker. to anything like that. Um, Thank you, I'm Walker. sorry. Look, I'm sorry. That's just, is, Thank you. <laughs> it is what it is. We can, we can change the subject real quick. I do want to talk about this too, because this has been circulating on Twitter and I have a real problem with this take that it has been adopted by the masses. And I feel like it always gets, you're not about to defend what I think you're unfairly defend, criticized, you? but I'm here to tell you, Nada, that Arby's is absolutely oh no, not even no. close to being Don't trash. Don't do this, okay? Don't do everybody this. that says that Arby's is one of the worst fast food tra- franchises out there, they are mad haters that are totally wrong about it. And I'll tell you this: oh, the God. fact that they have among the best fries alone makes them relevant in the fast they food have, game. They have well, among well, the best what? fries. It, fries are a huge part of the fast food franchise. And oh, if you God. already have among the best fries in the game, then you're immediately crazy relevant. Not to mention that their sandwiches, pretty good. You got some other food that's there, pretty good. Arby's being trash, that take is trash. Nada, go ahead and yell at I, me. I, 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 you know what? I am disappointed. You managed to set the bar for disappointment on this show higher and higher. First, you call me old. <laughs> then you, then again, then you want to try and ingratiate yourself with the hot take community about LaMelo Ball. Then you're going to, like, de- now you're going to defend Arby's. Now, first things first, I need to ask you, how many of these conversations between my, myself and my girlfriend have you been listening to? Because every time she wants to go to Arby's, I keep saying it's trash and I'm better than that. I want to tell <laughs> you that you are better than Arby's. I want to tell you that. You are better than this. I'm, you are not a trash. Panda, you deserve better. You deserve nice things, Walker. She, she, and yet here you are trying to eat Arby's. And I don't understand. She, I don't I'm, get it. The, if you if you like milkshakes, the Jamocha shake is good. I'm just going to tell you that right now. I'm a milkshake fiend, and I like the Jamocha oh, shakes. They don't have the best milkshakes in the world, but I'm telling you, I'll grab a Jamocha shake every once in a while. And by the way, your girlfriend, she's a keeper. If she, you need to start listening to her food takes, and and I'm telling you right now. No, uh, how, no, how dare go, you? Go ahead. Yes, yes. Start, start, um, start game planning for the future, Nada, because she sounds like a keeper to me with that fantastic argument that Arby's certainly not trash whatsoever. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Hornets. Thanks again for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Rejecting the Screen. We'll be back on Monday to recap the weekend. That does include a couple Charlotte Hornets games. Again, we'll see you then. Thanks again for joining us.